We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What time is it? It's crowded time! Excuse me. Couldn't get to the cough button there in time. <laughs> didn't notice. Uh, yeah. Did you just put on your Cubs World Series ring? <laughs> it feels good. And I know how much you hate the fact that I got a ring. Yeah, the Hall of Famer, one of the greatest middle linebackers in Bears history indeed down here with Mike Singletary. Did you see Die Hard? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did too. That was awesome. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Samurai. Down to Mark Grody. Hey, Cordero, can I get a couple minutes with you here, man? Uh, man, I ain't even talking today, man. I'm sorry. Okay. So it's been kind of a devastating day for me with, with uh, Bubba and then the bird. So, Bubby. 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 And when the Patriots took a 3 no. nothing lead. I when thought, they took no, a... no, 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 less. The Bears were America's team. What are you talking about? The no, they weren't. The no, they weren't. Yeah, everybody sure they were. Yeah, they were. Everybody. You weren't down there. I was. Mark Grody. Here I am, unmuted. There it is. Oh, hi, Mark. Mark Grody on 670 The Score. Here I am. Welcome into the show. I am Mark Grody here with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. As always, my phone lines are open here at The Score for you to call or to text 312 644-6767 is that number. 312-644-6767. Sean Anderson, our executive producer tonight. He's the man to whom you will speak if you do decide to call the score at 312-644-6767. You could tweet me on Twitter always at Mark Grody. Sports is the way to do it. I'm on Instagram right now. You can see my brand new beard. It's my COVID beard. Yes, I'm just getting over COVID. I am. Uh, I have done the recommended days off. And I, I'm home broadcasting. I should make that very clear. Um, and uh, have done the recommended days in isolation, quarantine, lockdown, however you like to phrase it. Symptoms never got bad. I have. I'm a triple shot guy. All three shots. Got it. Tested positive but I do feel great, and massive headaches was the worst symptom I had. On the show tonight, the, we will have for you coming up at 7.30 tonight, Bears offensive lineman Tevin Jenkins. Bears. It's an interview I did. Yeah, Bears. Before, right before the Minnesota game, but it all still holds up. It's a really interesting interview from Tevin Jenkins's perspective. We are serious in the interview. We are silly in the interview. And then we are serious again in the interview. And it was, it was wide ranging. And, and Tevin Jenkins unprompted offered me his new year's resolutions. And I don't know, it's probably not necessarily what you would think. So Tevin Jenkins at seven thirty tonight on the score, I think you're going, going to enjoy that. I always enjoy having Aaron Lemming on. Aaron Lemming will talk Bears with us at 8 o'clock. He of CBS Sports' Bear Report, Windy City Gridiron, well-known White Sox fan as well. Aaron joins me at 8 o'clock. And 
Ruben Brown will be on tonight. The former Bears guard, Ruben Brown, that is. He'll be on at about 8.35 or so tonight. I've been told by Sean Anderson that it's a really good interview. It was in the afternoon with Parkins and Spiegel. So we will bring that back, as we say, at 8.35. All right, let's get into it here. The the Bears interviewed two general manager candidates today. Quesi Adolfo Mensa, the VP of Football Operations for the Cleveland Browns. Who is this guy? He is a 2013 Stanford grad, performed multiple front office tasks with the San Francisco 49ers for seven years, so graduated from Stanford right into the San Francisco front office before he jumped aboard with the Cleveland Browns, where, I, as I said, he is currently the VP of football operations with those those Browns. So he sounds like, and he doesn't have a football, like a, a football playing background at any level to be reckoned with. So there is that. All signs point to really smart guy. I mean... If I may typecast Stanford people, um, he sounds like he's he's one of those he's one of those smart people. Yeah, smart people school. So that's that's the word. Uh, and again, Quesi Adolfo Mensa. The Bears also interviewed an in-house candidate, Champ Kelly. Champ Kelly is the, the Bears assistant director of player personnel. I have not spoken to him a lot. He is very present around the Bears and, and some practices, and you see him talking to players. So seems like comes across as a gregarious guy. I don't necessarily know his skill set. And that's the theme here with these GMs. We're going to tell you who the GMs are, and as I did try to give you a little bit of background on the gentlemen that are candidates or have been interviewed so far, but my God, it is, when it comes to the GM job, it is an absolute crapshoot it is impossible to know even if you are even if you are in the organization and you follow these guys on a day-to-day basis and really who does that kind of thing anyway it's impossible to know if any of these guys will be good at the job of general manager for the Chicago Bears or any franchise for that matter because while they have all risen to high places in their respective jobs they're all assistants. They're all assistants to the guy who does the job. So we don't know how much say these guys have had in actual draft picks or free agent signings or releases from teams because they're all assistants of guys that probably have huge egos that are getting their opportunity to run a show. So how much show running can there be by anybody who has the word assistant before their title? Somebody else is is running the show, and there are. I mean, the, they these some of these candidates sound good on paper. They really do. Elliot Wolf, he's got the right name, right? The the former Packers GM, and he Elliot Wolf currently is. And by the way, he's the son of Ron Wolf. He is currently a New England Patriots consultant. 
So he's given secrets to a great company. He's adding layers to an already excellent company. So there's something about that that sounds good. But that's all I got. Morocco Brown, the Colts director of, of college scouting. They have had success scouting in, in, in Colts land, in Indianapolis. And Morocco Brown was part of the Bears organization. That sounds great. Joe Schoen, the the Bills assistant GM. The Bills, my God, they come out of nowhere, and all of a sudden they are a franchise in the AFC that is no longer a joke because they are, and my God, that's going to be a fun playoff game, Buffalo in New England. Omar Khan, I mean, come on. He's with one of the best organizations of the last 30 years. He is the Steelers' VP of football business administration but there it is he's a vp joe Schoen is an assistant elliot wolf is a consultant and you know morocco brown he's a he's a director but of college scouting so it it is it is so difficult to go off any of that and think about ryan pace too ryan pace was one of these guys these guys that i'm reading through right now They're all Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace had ascended to a high place with the New Orleans Saints, was well regarded by them to the point where Ernie Accorsi, the then consultant for the Bears, said, hey, this is a guy that you should be interested in. And he did seem interesting. He did check boxes. And he was a guy who seemed to speak the parts when he first came to the Bears. And then it, the, the reviews were mixed, and he ended up not being a great general manager for the Bears. The record will tell you. Hits and misses for sure, but the record is everything. And it was not good with Ryan Pace over his seven years. So it, unless it is somebody who has done the job before, then it is a crapshoot. And, and then, But guys that have done the job, it seems like so many times... The, the GM, because that's a that's a big hire and a big fire, too, in the NFL. It's not not the same with head coaches. Head coaches, you expect them to go with the bigger bosses. They get fired, too, but they get a longer time. So there's usually a bigger story attached to that. Somebody like Scott Pioli, who obviously had tremendous success with the Kansas City Chiefs, but goes out with all sorts of baggage that, quite frankly... The Bears cannot. The Bears have put themselves in a position where they can't take chances on guys. It's sad but true that they have got to get this right. And if they don't, it's got to be because of just something completely incompetent on part on the part of the candidate that the Bears did not even didn't even know about. So, yeah, it is. It is. It's so difficult. Glenn Cook, six years with Cleveland, director of pro scouting, that's become a hot name. As well, um, he does have the director title before him, but it is—it's going to be difficult to judge the the GMs. That's why I don't have like—I'm not going to do a power rankings of any of these guys. They all seem to have something interesting about them that would make them candidates. But who knows what they what they are once they're running the show? Considering they were working for somebody else who was running the show. As far as the the coaches the Bears are looking at right now, first of all, nothing has blown my socks off. The you know the Jim Harbaugh thing, of course, that's a huge yes with me. I guess that one does that would blow me away if that happened. And we're going to talk more about Jim Harbaugh in detail a little bit later on. But other than that, there's nobody that blows me away. Brian Flores, like. 
there's a lot of things about him to like, but you still have to look deeply into what happened at the end for Flores, a winning coach with Miami playing the underdog part and seemingly playing a big part in why the team won. But again, that goes back to the Bears can't take chances. So you got to figure out what happened there. Other candidates, Les Frazier, um, you know, the Bills defensive coordinator, Miami's former head coach, excuse me, Minnesota's former head coach, former Bears cornerback, 85 Bears, uh, Brian Dayball, the Bills offensive coordinator, Doug Peterson, Eagles, like that, do like that. I'm trying to separate the Matt Nagy portion of that, but the guy won a damn Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Packers OC, Nathaniel Hackett, all of these, all of these are names. All I will say is this about the Bears, and you have to look at it. In a historical way, you just do because the way the Bears are hiring is very similar to the way they have done it in the past. We've been through the whole press conference and there was nothing new for Bears fans in terms of the way the Bears are going about business. So how have the Bears gone about business when it is in the past in hiring head coaches? One of the things about the Bears that has been big historically is they, they're not real necessarily big on. It is certainly has not been a requirement to have head coaching experience before this job. I mean, I'm thinking like in my lifetime, my sports consciousness, Mike Ditka did not have head coaching experience. Dave Wanstead did not have head coaching experience. Um, Dick Durant did not have head coaching experience. Lovey Smith did not have head coaching experience. Mark Tressman worked everywhere, but did not have head coaching experience. John Fox, ding, 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 did have head coaching experience, and he thought he had a little bit too much power, the way I understand it, the way he treated people out at Hallis Hall. So the, they, they tried it there, and then you go back to Matt Nagy, zero experience. So... I don't think that they're out there looking for guys with no experience. I don't think that that's what it is, but that's the way it has worked. So you do have to think about those guys, those guys like Nathaniel Hackett of the Packers, Brian Dayball of, of the Bills. Here's another thing that has been going on since Mike Ditka, or I should say after Mike Ditka, when you look at the history of the Bears hirings of head coaches since Ditka, which is an incredibly important distinction. They've all been fantastically nice gentlemen. Gentlemen who would definitely get along with the front office, get along with the players, get along with people. Because I do believe that there was, as great as Mike Ditka was, I've always believed that there's been there's some leftover Mike Ditka trauma in terms of and for people who don't know, you know, when the the 80s Bears was happening, it became fashionable to rip Mike McCaskey and ownership and anything Bears front office because it was Mike Ditka, the super celebrity and Buddy Ryan, the 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 sidekick celebrity on the defensive side. They had so much power because Bears fans loved them so much. And it must have been difficult to get along with those guys, as great as Ditka was, is, all of that. You know I love Ditka, but I bet he was a bitch to get along with, and he he'd had a temper, and that had to have taken a toll on, on the organization. So, I, And since then, I don't think it's coincidence that they have all been 
super nice guys, except, and I'm not going to run through all the names again, but we keep coming up to the exception. John Fox didn't necessarily seem like a great guy. So there, there is always going to be the John Fox exception. So that, that then, if you want to start eliminating people, you know, just, just the way it sounds, Brian Flores, maybe. And then it, it puts into focus somebody like Les Frazier, who is that guy, a total and complete gentleman who has been a great defensive mind, played with the 85 Bears, currently the Bills' defensive coordinator. However, he does not have head coaching or excuse me, he does have head coaching experience. So we want to go back to some past criterion. But I, I do think the main couple of things, like with the past, are not necessarily head coaching experience and all gentlemen. And, and I know some of this sounds silly probably to you guys, but that is something that the Bears' front office seems to value a lot. Like they don't want that that loose cannon. They don't, they never, like, I just feel like there was a never again moment. We are not going to allow this to happen. If somebody looks like they might be a, a little bit out of control, then that, that may not be the guy they want. And that, and that is something honestly that could potentially scare them away from Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm assuming Jim Harbaugh has respect for the McCaskies. It sounds like he left there on good terms, and I've never heard about any sort of conflicts or controversies. But we all know if we have followed Jim Harbaugh's career, quirky is the word that jumps to mind, that there's, that there's no doubt that somebody like Jim Harbaugh will require things to be done, shall we say, his way. So... Yeah, th- those are just some of the things you have to look at in the past with the head coaches. The GM is a crapshoot. And I don't know, it, it, is there a candidate out there that sounds good to you? 312-644-6767. I now move my eyes to the text screen, and I see from the 309, Jim Harbaugh or Bust? Yeah, it's the name. You know, and in this case... Usually, usually I would be critical of me and everybody else because we're just going for the low-hanging fruit. Like, well, oh, we know that guy. We know Jim Harbaugh, but he clearly shines above these other candidates. He really does, like in this case. Um, let's see here. Mark Grody, love listening to you. Wish you had a permanent time slot. Love your banter with less. <laughs> Let's hope our Bears are moving in a positive direction from both management and coaching standpoint. Uh, here's to here's to a good Bears 2022. I always appreciate my time with the Grobber. As a matter of fact, I think Grobber is off again tonight. I'm um, not even so sure I know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's my guy. Let's go to the phones here now. Let's start with Joe in Beverly. Joe, you're on the score. Hey, what's up, Grody? Um, when Hub makes comments about Rodgers before the season starts about not winning the MVP, how can you possibly respect his opinion when it's just such blasphemy? <laughs> okay, blasphemy, I tell you. Oh, of course what Hub said was ridiculous. It doesn't mean that he... Uh that all of a sudden everything that he has done in his career or is doing in his career is suddenly off the wall and irrelevant. I've always enjoyed, Hey, Hey, I remember hub when he was in the bears booth and I liked him. So, you know, 
look, he's got. There's a lot of things I don't agree with Hub, and you could tell Hub, and you could let him know about all that. But he made a big mistake, and he apologized for it, and he broke a rule. You know, he broke the. To me, you know, he broke the. He got personal. That that's what he did. But we'll we'll leave it at that. Hub has has been bombarded, and uh, <laughs> I'll let Hub fight his his battle. What is Ron Rivera's situation? A texter from the six three zero asks. You know, he's locked in in Washington. Yeah, I mean, he'd be that'd be a terrific candidate for the Bears, and that that's one part. Like, I don't when we again go through the history of the Bears, it would be highly uncharacteristic of the Bears to go after a standing head coach, somebody like a, hey, Mike Tomlin, you get, you know, you, you've pretty much maxed out there in Pittsburgh. You're a Super Bowl champion, multiple. You're you're a Hall of Fame head coach. You ready for another charter franchise? You want to come on over to the Bears? I don't see them doing that, and that would be, have to be the case with Ron Rivera. He, he is under contract with them. Seems like he's happy there, although he's got a weird owner in Daniel Snyder for whom he has had to answer in the past. So who knows? Maybe, maybe there is something there. And those are the wild cards. That's the best part about any coaching search, and we're just talking about the Bears here, is the wild card guys. I mean, we're spitting out all these names that the agents throw out. I mean, all the This is where this information comes from. We get it from the agents who want their guys to shine. So they'll, they'll happily tell the world that – the, that their candidate is you know, scheduled to interview with the Bears. The Bears so far, if you're just keeping track right now, the interviews so far, let's just go in order here, the general managers that they have talked to so far, Champ Kelly, we talked about him tonight, Kwesiodovo Mensa, we discussed him tonight as well, Glenn Cook, too, the, the Browns' VP of player personnel. And then, as far as I know, the only head coaching candidate – that the Bears have interviewed so far is Doug Peterson, who I could definitely be talked into. And I know the first thing you think of is, yep, he is he is of Matt Nagy. He is of that coaching tree. But Peterson had more success with his offense than Matt Nagy did with the Bears. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. So I do consider him, like, I think to me, like out of these these names here, like what I consider to be like the the top list: Flores, Les Frazier, Brian Dayball, Doug Peterson, Nathaniel Hackett, and I'll, I'll throw Jim Harbaugh's in pen instead of marker. But I think it is Doug Peterson. I think I think that's a good candidate, and you want somebody with a track record, you, and you want I I would prefer to have somebody who has coached or been a head coach in the NFL. Back to the phone lines. Rodney on the north side. You're on the score. How's it going? Hey, Rodney. Yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, you said that the Bears probably won't hire Jim Harbaugh. I hope that they uh, do because, I mean, they've always hired here lately um, coaches who don't have strong personalities. I mean, Lovey, uh, Trustman, um, and and, um, most recently uh, Nagy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that seems to be their pattern, you know, because I remember at the press conference, they said that, hey, they were humble guys like Pace and Nagy, you know? Yeah. No, they love, I mean, and they are wonderful people. But I agree with you. Actually, I I totally agree with you, James. I would love it if it was a stronger personality to break the mold that has been since Dave Wanstead, since post-Ditka. They have not hired, they've hired guys with good personalities, but not strong personalities, just like you're saying. 
Exactly. Exactly. And how's that worked out for him? Not well, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> I mean, there has been some winning. There has been intermittent winning. But, and, you know, every every one of those guys has had a big moment. You know, I mean, they, Wanstead winning the, the playoff game in Minnesota. Dick Duran with a 13-win season somehow in the Warwick Holdman era of Bears football. Lovey Smith got him to a Super Bowl. Matt Nagy, a 12-win season. I don't know what the hell John Fox did. Not much. (laughs) (laughs) He he restored order for like a week. (laughs) You know, that was all. He he cleaned up the the brick pile from the Mark Trestman era. And I didn't even mention Mark Trestman. Mark Trestman had a 500 season, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they've had had, had, had nice guys who've had their moments, but they have been unable to uh, sustain them. That's it. That's it. Yeah, we, you know, we're going to. We, we Jeff, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate. It. I want to get on here, but I, you, you're right. You and I totally and completely agree because, yeah, they, I, I think that that, that that's something that while it seems good and from the Bears' perspective, there's nothing bad about that about them wanting quality people like non-turds, as Matt Nagy would say. But maybe they gotta change it up a little bit. Opportunity cost, my friends. Yeah, he's not the greatest guy in the world, but he gets him to win, you know? Don't we all have friends like that? I've got friends like that. Like, I know him. I know he's not a great guy, but I like him. All right, uh, let's let's go to James in Bloomington. James, you're on the score with Mark Grody. Hey, Mark, all these names that you're throwing out there, not only one of those names is a former NFL quarterback who played for the Bears. Only one of those names has been proven to be able to connect with a younger generation, and has proven to develop young players. The key to the Bears is unlocking Justin Field. The only guy who's going to be able to do that is Jim Harbaugh. He played the position. He is a bear in his heart. He's going to care. These other guys were just here because they're, they're, they're there. They're just nice guys, but they don't have that impact. So the Bears' ownership has to throw the kitchen sink at Jim Harbaugh like he's the only option. Don't talk to this guy and that guy and this guy and hope you get hardball. Bears Nation needs this next hire to be the hire because we put all of our chips into Justin Fields. If he does not develop, we are screwed. That's the bottom line. So go all in for hardball. That's the only way to save this. All right. Good call, James. I appreciate it. The only thing that I would correct, it's not even correcting him. Let me, if I may... To take you down in Bears history a little bit, my thesis statement here, Jim Harbaugh probably does not think fondly of his playing days with the Chicago Bears. He, he was not a finished product. He had moments, but more poor moments than good moments. So his time, like I hit, he had a better run of it with the Indianapolis Colts after the Bears and uh, where he was captain comeback and all of that. So I don't think that there is that sweet spot necessarily with the Bears. I mean, he was drafted by the Bears, so maybe that's enough right there. But just as I don't think Jim Harbaugh has a romantic attachment to his playing days with the Chicago Bears. You know, I think he's, he's got an attachment with Michigan he seemed to have an attachment with Stanford and San Francisco. The man likes his West Coast. So uh, let's not overrate that 
for Jim Harbaugh in terms of Jim Harbaugh, the Bears player. I do agree with you, though. Yeah, he, he seems like like aces in terms of a guy who could develop a quarterback and not let the defense get away from him either, nor special teams, and he could command a locker room, all of that. He checks, yes, he checks all the boxes. We'll talk more about Jim Harbaugh later and Justin Fields, too. We're going to get to that. But coming up next, you guys are going to want to hear this. It's my interview with Tevin Jenkins. We, we talked about absolutely everything. So Bears offensive lineman Tevin Jenkins is next. I'm Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. No, I'm writing it down, though, right now. Mark Brody back with you on the score. A couple of text messages that have said something similar in regards to the Bears employing former Bears, that both of the, the texters are making the point that it doesn't matter. You're 100% right, and quite frankly, we talk about it a lot in the media, you know, that sort of storyline, but it, it there hasn't been a lot of that, quite frankly, in Bears history in terms of, like, ex-Bears players being placed in prominent positions so don't I wouldn't worry about that that's not been something that the Bears consider a requirement for hire and you know who who do you have I mean Mike Ditka obviously hugely prominent what Ron Rivera I mean it's difficult there have been you know assistants and never even coordinators that I could think of that were ex-Bears or just Bears in prominent places Except for Ron Rivera, who was a, who's the best he got was defensive coordinator. So I don't don't worry about that part. That's not what they're looking into, and and you're probably right too. I mean, I think it always helps to know the lay of the land if you're a former Bear to understand Bears fans, to understand everything about the franchise. I do think that there is there is a portion of that that comes in handy, but it's like 20% of it, and the other 80% and other breakdowns are exactly about how good of a coach you are. Doesn't matter where you are from. All right going to bring you Tevin Jenkins now. I, I should preface this interview with Tevin by telling you that this was, we recorded this on the Thursday before the Minnesota game via Zoom. So this is last week before the game, which means it is obviously before Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy had been fired by the Bears, but it all holds up. You will hear him mention Ryan Pace prominently at one point in time uh, in the interview, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it all will make sense to you, I promise that. And our conversation began, me and Tevin Jenkins, where I asked him how tough has this year been considering everything, the injuries, and now trying to work yourself in in the NFL. You know, uh it's not easy. You know, it's just a lot of unexpected things that happened to me, you know, went from potentially starting to having to get surgery on like with a span of like one month, like it was like very quick. It was like a hard thing to deal with. 
uh, it was a hard thing just as mentally and physically because, you know, it took toll on uh, a lot of things, just like overthinking things, you know, start like having a lot more thoughts about what's my role, all that stuff, you know, and of course the physical part of it is just, you know, just trying to get through the surgery and get back. But yeah, it was not easy at all. You know, it's just something I had to fight through. Are you confident that your role, as you put it, on this team in the future is the, the starting tackle, left tackle for the Chicago Bears? I do believe that I do will play a significant role in the future, but I'm not going to say that. Like, it's just, it's always like one of those things, like one of those hot takes that, oh, he says he's going to be this, he's going to be that. But I just want to say I do have a strong feeling that I should, like I would be. Fans want to see you out there for every single snap. Do you think that you've gotten the right amount of playing time in terms of your development? For me, it's about all about trusting what the coaches want from me. I'm developing as much as I can before practice and after practice and always in between. It's just whatever the coaches need and desire out of me, I give it to them 100, like 110%, whatever they want me to do. And I feel like I'm developing pretty good uh, just for like getting extra work in before practice and after practice, just doing that. Because of your role at Oklahoma State and, you know, playing and, and, you know, from start to finish in games, how hard is it for an offensive lineman to go into a game cold like you did in the fourth quarter the other day? Uh, it's, you know, that uh, <laughs> it's actually never easy. You know, you don't ever really get your, like, footing. You don't really get, like, the feeling for the game. And, like, when you stand on the sideline that long, you do get a little cold-footed, you know. It's just – it's hard to stay warm out there. Like, you have to do, like, extra sets, like, move around in like a short area of space. And, uh, you know, it's not, I was going to put it like this, it's not easy coming in being cold. So you always have to be trying to be ready on the sideline the best you can. This, that's, that's the best answer I can give you. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. I don't understand it, but I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. What about you? How, how's your relationship with uh, with Larry Barham, man? I mean, you two are like the future, hopefully, at least the blueprint as the offensive mm-hmm. line. What's it like working with Larry and having those moments where you two are out there at the same time together? Working with Larry is actually great. You know, he's actually – he's been a good friend, good pal, all that. All the thrill of the stuff we had to do throughout the all the year, like uh, rookie – our rookie duties and stuff, you know, me and him been joking around to each other. So that's also built another, like, sense of camaraderie just between me and him having to do all this extra stuff. And I do feel like working with him was really great. Like, I do uh, appreciate him as a person and a player too. And I only have positive things to think and think and say about him. Has everything that has happened to you this year at all messed with your confidence at times? Uh, at times it did, uh, especially earlier in the process of what was going on. But what helped me was my understanding of understanding of the whole situation and the, like just basically developing through that and making my mental game stronger. You know, I must say our GM, Ryan Pace, he gave me a book that was like really good. Like I really, I really took it. Like, like I took it serious. You know, I started reading it and it felt like it's felt, I wouldn't say close to me, but it felt like, you know, I had like, I don't know what the words are to say that, but uh, it was. Um, you can relate to, you can relate to it. I think. Yeah. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. 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 That I can relate to. Sorry. That's okay. But, That's all right. But uh, yeah, it was called uh, can't hurt me. Have you heard the book? Hmm. No, I'm writing it down though. Right now. Is David Goggins. Did I say his last name? I think yeah, so. Actually, you got me on that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need I, to read more. I believe that's the title of the book. Uh, I did read it a lot. Like it was, it's it's like a deeper understanding about 
like how sometimes basically other people have it way worse than what you got and how your mental processing and mentally how you can push through a lot of different things. If you could put your mind, like basically, basically you just put your mind to it. And that's how it is. I do recommend the book. I thought it was really good. He says a lot of things in there that are a lot of like really relatable. That helped you. <clears throat> yes. Yes, it did. Did it make you feel like you don't have it as badly as you thought you did? Uh, yeah, the book, the book did put a lot of those perspectives in like into my head that while I could be like, like growing up or something like, like he explained in his book, like he used to stay like in a bully, uh, bully like a skating rink. And like, he like slept in there with his mother and brother, all that, all that stuff. His dad was abusive, all that, you know, it made me put in perspective. Like I have like, what I had was like some kids dreams or something like that. And even for like, for me right now, these are some people's dreams. Like this is like some people's dreams of being in the NFL where I'm at. Like, this is something I need to put in perspective that I need to be grateful to be even in my shoes to be here and start growing off that. And as soon as I read that book, you know, it's just my whole mental, my whole mental, like, uh, just changed for me. Like I started getting more positive about everything. Start looking at everything in a different way. Sounds like it recentered you. Would that be the, a, a good way to put it? Yeah. Like the appropriate term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's cool. So when did you get, when did he give you that book and when, when did you read it? I'm just curious now. Uh, I think it was about if it was, you can't really, we can say approximate like a month. Yeah. Month ago, two months ago. Yeah. No, in my surgery, like after I got my surgery about a couple of weeks after. Okay. Okay. And so he kind of sensed that you were down, obviously. Mm-hmm. I would, yeah. I would, or he just thought he would, that book would help me like mentally also. So that's what, that's what I think. That's why I think yeah. he gave it to me. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, is, uh, see, and I don't know this about Ryan Pace. Is he known for handing out books? Is that one of his things or is that just something that that was between you two? Uh, I'm not too sure. You know, I just, yeah. that was like one of our interactions that we had that day. So it was just okay. something. Maybe you and I, we start a book club, you know, <laughs> we read and we get out here. <laughs> that is one of my new year's resolutions. Uh, because I used to not read books a lot. Like I just do schoolwork, go home, play book, all that. I do like, after I read that book, I, that's one of my new resolutions. That I knew I need to start reading a lot more books than I used to like ever. Like it's like right now, I think my standard for the year, which will, still is going to be like a lot for me because I never used to read books is like 10 plus like 10 plus that's my like 10 my minimum and after that's doing a lot better wow I love it man now you're inspiring me man because I don't I just read sports stuff I need to like read stuff outside of that realm I'm going to count I might count like a couple cookbooks in there also so I could expand my horizon there too oh nice man you got any specialties like cooking yet uh, if you ask my fiance, she, my favorite thing for her, me to make for her, my ribs on there on a new Traeger. Yes. Yes. She loves it. I just put like a certain dry rub I got from, uh, Cosmos Q It's like an Oklahoma city, uh, barbecue place. Like he uh, sells rubs and spices. Uh, I do that. Uh, I put some honey like on the, on the, uh, ribs itself. So you make it like, like sweet and tacky, all that with the, like a nice oh dry rub. And then you put butter like you just cut the butter into squares, put it on the ribs and it'll make like the fat eats away the like cartilage more and the, the oh. meat. So pull back on the bone more. It makes it like fall off the bone, which is how, which is how she likes it. So, okay. You like, you like it like that? Like some people like to chew it. Like my dad likes the, that little tougher. That's the way he makes his ribs. How you like it? 
I like it how she how she likes it. That's okay. <laughs> that's a smart move, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the way to do it. Uh, what one more thing on football, man? How 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 different is the NFL game from the college game? Have you been able to to feel that yet or not? Uh, yeah, I definitely got started getting the sense of it. It's just a di- big difference is the speed of the game. That's the big difference you got to do. It's learning like train your eyes to see the difference in between the pass rushers and how quick they get to certain spots or how what their move is on a certain like step or anything. It's it's a lot faster and you have to start like slowing the game down in your head and slow it in your eyes so you can start picking up more things. In college, you can see a lot more happening like like faster. Like you see like that. Now in the NFL, now you get used to this quickness. It's like it's an every step there's a different level of quickness. And once you start getting into the groove of everything and start like pointing stuff out with your eyes and see how it goes when that's when uh, it'll start to benefit you. So it's a little eye open. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you see Robert Quinn do his hop outs like every day at practice. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where does he get that lean, man? Oh my God. I don't know. It's, it's other, otherworldly. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. yeah. I've seen, I've seen him run sideways on the ground before. It's actually ridiculous. It's like his shoulders, like two inches off the ground yet he's still running like full speed uh, mm. are, yeah it's, it's crazy man and and are you where you want to be physically like and i'm not saying health wise but like weight wise strength wise all that kind of stuff are you where you need to be in that regard strength wise i feel like uh upper body i still need to get back to uh where i was i feel like i'm probably 40 pounds away from my bench max right now and i just need to get back to that but i'm also weighing uh, 333 right now, and I kind of do want to be between that 25 slash 28 to 35 range. And I do feel like good physically. I'm still running fast and everything, still moving around. It's just you know, just got to make sure that my weight doesn't exceed that 35 and everything. Everybody's gonna want to know how much you bench now. How much you bench? Uh, I think I maxed out at 455. Oh. That's about uh, 355 more pounds than I can do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody has to start somewhere, you know. That's, the thing. that's right. That's right. I remember, in high, I remember in high school, I was struggling with just the bar and 25s on. To, to the what zone? The 25, like 25-pound plates. Like, put it on the bar. And oh, really? In high school? Yeah. Yeah, like, that was my first year lifting. I was, like, uh, I think I was a freshman in high school. Like coming in from eight thirty to that, and everybody I see everybody lifting like one thirty five, and I'm over here doing the bar and twenty fives and struggling like for like five or anything. So then, it's what? All about, it's all about perspective, you know. Yeah, relativity, perspective. So after this game, man, what what where do you go? What do you do? You go you go someplace warm. What's the what's the plan? Uh, the plan is right now is to stay here in uh, Chicago and lift at the facility up here and work out here and get more ab done. Make sure everything stays like good. Like make sure like more prehab stuff to make sure I, my body stays perfect. So are you gonna? Will you live? Are you gonna like live in the city? Or are you live in like forest? Because I know that you were talking beginning of the summer. You didn't have that suburbs. I live in Vernon Hills. Oh, gotcha. Okay, cool, man. I really appreciate your time. Anything else? Anything else you want to share with the the Bears world here, or uh, did we cover it all? I'm all good. Yeah, we covered it all. Yeah, mention fiance. Mention my cousin. Yes, fiance. She's the number one. Yeah. Hey, if you don't mention that in any interview, you know, not my. <laughs> my <laughs> when you get married, 
Uh, we haven't set an exact date, but it's going to be, we're going to try to be in the summer of 23 or the spring, late spring, early summer. Yeah, I guess it doesn't hurt to, to push it back as far as you can with all the, the COVID stuff going on, man. It changes everything, doesn't it? Yeah, and everybody's like looking up, pushing stuff back. It's it's like a hectic. Like you don't even like you don't want to look at a venue right now for 2022 because everything's booked. And then only things that are open are during like football season. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely not that's definitely not possible. That's not happening at all. So yeah, so the spring of 23 or this early summer of 23. That's what we're hoping for. Can you believe we're going on three years of this stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's wait, three, three. Yeah, we're going on three years, man. I don't know if we're fully through three, but I think the third calendar year, I want to say, something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's crazy. Because I started in 19 of December. Yeah, something like that, man. It's like every year, like every time the calendar changes, we're like, okay, thank God we're done with that year, but we said that the previous year. <laughs> so it's just. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just getting long now. Yeah. Cray, yeah. cray, ready, man. Ready for it to be over. Ready for it to be over. Well, give your uh, fiance a big hug and uh, take good care of her. And uh, I really appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much, man. Let's do it again soon, okay? Yes, sir. I really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, Tevin. Have a great hey. game this week. Oh, by the way, Tevin, are you starting this week? No, I can't tell you that. Come on. Okay, now. that's all good. All good. No problem. <laughs> thought, I, thought I'd check. Thought I'd check. Uh, all right. Thanks, all right. I learned that from coffee. Okay. I know. Oh, Bears. Yeah, I thought yeah, that's that's Tevin Jenkins right there. Bears rookie. I don't know. I guess he's officially no longer a rookie. The Bears second year offensive lineman, Tevin Jenkins right there. I thought that was a really fun conversation with him. I just uh, uh, It's funny because that was usually I do these interviews for the official Bears pregame show. And I'll talk to guys for five minutes or so and use about a minute of it just because of time constraints. I mean, trust me, I'd rather use every second of it, but that's just not the way the radio world works. Um, and he, he, like, I was trying to let him go about five minutes into it, and he, he, he was, he was just very engaging. He's very honest, and. It, Let's not forget, this guy is super talented, and I do think he's going to end up being the Bears starting left tackle next year. I'm Mark Grody. Got to take a break. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Welcome back in on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. I'm Mark Grody here with you until 9 o'clock tonight. Still to come, Aaron Lemming going to join me in just a few minutes to talk about the Bears. Lemming writes for... CBS Sports' Bear Report and Windy City Gridiron. Looking forward to hearing his thoughts on everything. Ruben Brown, former Bears guard, is going to be on at 8.35. We just spoke to Tevin Jenkins, and it's interesting the messages that he has gotten from his two most presumably important stops in his life. In college first at Oklahoma State, his head coach is, or was, still is at Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy. And the big project with Tevin Jenkins in his final year at Oklahoma State, or maybe even started before that, was getting him mean. Like, that was what they talked about. Like, this guy, like, that was on the scouting. You could probably go look at it right now. He's got a nastiness about him. But that nastiness, they kind of had to kick him in the butt a little bit. And... Tell him again, Mike Gundy saying, "Hey, man, you're you're the only guy in this room that is gonna make millions in the NFL." But 
maybe you get a little bit mean. And then in the conversation that I just had with him, he's being told, be grateful. <laughs> so the, the conflicting messages of, of the average NFL player, be mean, but be grateful at the same time. Can anybody pull that off? Because that was the book that Ryan Pace wanted them to read, Can't Hurt Me, the name of it, by David Goggins. And it's about being grateful and knowing that somebody's probably got it worse than you do, being that you're in the NFL. So it, it is interesting to think about the mental games that are, have become, in a good way, omnipresent in sports, you know, to where people are, it's okay to talk about. It's always been an undercurrent on teams, mental wellness, but now it's coming to the surface a little bit more. And that's what that book is about. And that, and then you have the be nasty from Mike Gundy. So it's just, uh, I don't know. How do these kids handle it? I tell you, we have to take a break. When we come back, let's get serious bears. Talk about the coaching search and the GM search with Aaron Lemming of the bear report in Windy city gridiron. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago sports radio, 670, the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.